Good morning. I'll be reading First uh, Thessalonians 2, uh, 6 to 12 in the ESV. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you, believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. like a father, deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging. Paul talking about his relationship with the Thessalonian church, like a father with his kids. That was special today to hear from the different dads, to hear their own experiences, to hear what it was like them being raised by their dads, them becoming a father, If I didn't ask you to share this morning, it means maybe you're on for next year. I'll have to get some more dads. I need help, though. Cooper, can you come up here? I need some help. Do you want to help today? Okay. So Cooper walked with me to church this morning because he really wanted to walk with me. Oh, and this morning he gave me a Father's Day gift, Right? You said that you and mom had a box for me. But he said that it was an empty box. And then he looks across the table at mom. Ha! Tricked him. <laughs> Here, come sit down. Is it okay if you help me? Are you a little nervous? That's okay. I get nervous too when I'm up here in front of everybody. I just don't let them see it. Who's your dad? I'm your dad? Do you like having a dad? Yes or no? Yes? What's the best part about having a dad? What would you say is the best part? Playing the racing game. Playing the racing game? Yeah. yeah. We have Mario Kart in the basement. That's by far the best part of having a dad, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely the Nintendo. What else? <laughs> yep. What jobs does a daddy do in a family? What's a, what's a daddy job? Work in his office. I work in the office? That is one of my jobs, isn't it? Why do we have Father's Day? Because it's special. Our daddy's special? Yeah. What did you make me for Father's Day? What's on the fridge at home? A rocket ship. A rocket ship? And whose picture's on the rocket ship? Me. Your picture? All right. And a green card. That's right, and a green card. 
with your name on it. So who else am I daddy to? Not just you. Who else? The kids. The kids? Is that what we call them? <laughs> what are their names? Jesse and Austin. Yep. When did I become your daddy? Um, a long time ago. Long time ago. Were you there when I became your daddy? No. No, definitely not. No, that wouldn't make any sense. No. <laughs> your birthday's on Saturday, so we get to celebrate your birthday. Yeah. And that's the special part about being a dad is getting to celebrate birthdays. Do you know what else is fun about being a dad? Playing hockey is definitely fun about being a dad. And yep. play duck hunt. And playing duck hunt. It's also very fun about being a dad. <laughs> Do you know what? When you read in the Bible, it talks about dads and talks about God as our dad too. Do you know that? That's why we call him father. Do you know why God is our dad? No. You don't know why? God is our father. Because he made all of us just like a dad makes his kids and God takes care of us just like a dad takes care of his kids. Do I take care of you? Sometimes. Sometimes it's mommy too, all isn't it? All the time. All the time? Oh, you're generous. <laughs> no. No. Why don't you go sit down with mom again, okay? You go. Go, go, go. Oh, I'll hear about that the rest of the day. Dad, I worked at church. That a boy. Yeah, I'm a dad to three little boys, which means there's lots of yelling, sorry to our neighbors, and lots of wrestling. And Cooper's the highest energy kid I've ever met, so it means that there's constantly movement. Yeah, constantly. If you ever watch him during church, he's just jumping up and down and grabbing me the whole time. He never sits still. So... That's, uh, I'm not sure if it's the food we feed him or if that's just how he is, but he's like that. This morning, David read scripture from Thessalonians, from the second chapter. Paul is talking about this special church that he helped to plant and to, uh, to nurture. And he says to them that I was like a father to you, encouraging, comforting, and urging All of us have very different dads. Some of our dads are huggers. Did any of you have a very like soft, caring, and compassionate dad? Some of you probably did. Any huggers? Okay, yeah. Some of our dads weren't like that. Some of our dads are, they're less emotional. They're more stoic. Some of them, they teach us and they train us with a bit of a kick. They urge us, right? Some of us have those dads. You don't have to put your hand up. Some of us have dads who are somewhere in between. Maybe they instruct us with their words, the way they live, the example that they set. But maybe they weren't the soft, caring, and compassionate dad, but maybe they weren't the, the tough dad who kicked your butt from time to time. Did you catch when Paul was talking to his church? If you read the scripture on the screen or listened to David, Paul was all three. If you have your Bible, you can take a look at those verses. 
And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, he says, like a father dealing with his own children, he was encouraging, comforting, and urging. And I like that David read the ESV, and I chose to read out of the NIV, because I went back and forth on which one. The Greek words are the same, but in English, the different Bibles, you just a little bit different English words. But the three different words have three different roots. One is urging through the words that you share. One is comforting, as if comforting someone who mourns compassionately. And the last one is urging. It's a very forceful kind of urging. Like when a dad says to you, go do that. And you go, no thanks. And dad says, I said, go do that. It's an urging. It's an urging. But I'm not going to stand here and take that verse out of context and tell you that's the three ways to be a good dad. What does the second half of that verse say? Do you have it in front of you? Maybe it'll appear on the screen behind me. Who knows? That's fine. I encourage you and comfort you and urge you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory to live lives worthy of God. Why? Because my primary role as a father is to lead my children to know my father. And anything other than that is not my primary goal. Paul talks about his primary goal as a father to these children in this church was to urge them to live a life worthy of the calling of God That's us this Father's Day. And that's what I see in this church. I've only been a father for, what, five years now, Cooper? Almost six. Yeah. But I can tell you, I can tell you that that is my primary role. And the dads in this church, when I look at the different dads, when I experience friendship with the different dads in our church, I can see that in their hearts too. That they love their kids But they know that at the end of the day, whether they create kind, compassionate, polite, gentle, caring kids, that's all well and good. But whether their kids have a knowledge, a relationship, a friendship with God, that's paramount to all those other things. As dads, we know that. We carry that weight, trust me. How many of you have been to a Father's Day service where the pastor stands up and lists, lists off for half an hour all the ways that dads aren't good enough? Because being a dad is a high calling. We can tend to do that as pastors. We look at the examples of being a father in the Bible. We look at the example of our father in heaven. And dads can go home from a Father's Day service feeling like there's a boat anchor around their neck. Because it's a high calling. I don't want to do that this morning. I don't want to do that. When you look at... When you look at my boys, I only get to raise them for, what, 15 more years, 20 more years, and then they're going to claim to be adults, and they're going to head off into the world. And maybe I'll talk to them once a month on a weekend. Who knows? 
This is what I want them to know, though. Like, like that, the sacrifice that our Father made for us. Jana, at the last prayer meeting, read John chapter 1, verse 12. And uh, she read it as we were praying. To those who believe, we've been given the right to be called, what? Children of God. To those who believe, John says, have been given the right to be called children of God. He's my dad. When you look at the story of the prodigal son, this son that abandoned the father, stole everything from him, squandered it all, and then came crawling back, it's the story of every one of us. Every one of us who fell into sin so many years ago and have been broken our whole lives desperately waiting for that reuniting with our Father that we don't deserve. Father's Day is the gospel to anyone sitting here listening that if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus, that's what Father's Day is all about to me. The things that my Father has done for me, the sacrifices that my Father has made for me, the love that he's poured across thousands of pages of scripture for me. That's life-changing. That's the father I desire to be, and it is a high calling. It's a high standard. As dads, we know that our kids watch everything that we do to the point where it just, just fries us sometimes, especially when you see them imitating something that you probably shouldn't have done or said, and they're imitating that, but they watch As dads, our kids are watching our relationships with God. As dads, our kids are watching our dedication to living lives worthy of the calling of God, to prayer and to the reading of scripture, to the way that we treat the people in our families, our spouses and our other kids, the ways that we treat our community and our church. They're watching and they're learning. They're learning. When I read through that list in First Thessalonians of different ways that Paul was a dad to his church, I thought of different dads in our church, different ones that I've seen be encouragers, different ones that I've seen be comforters, and different ones I've seen who are urgers, who are pushers. And those are all good. And with my boys, there's been times, sometimes daily, where you have to be all three. You can't just be one. Sometimes you're yelling one minute, you're urging the next, you're hugging a couple minutes later. Some of you, your dads are gone. Some of you didn't have that special relationship with your dad. And yet the relationship that you have with your father in heaven, it's the most special relationship you can have. I hope that those of you who are fathers who are here this morning are really reflecting on on your example. Your choice to be involved in your faith and in the church, to live out your faith wherever you go. Your choice to share your testimony, to share in church. Your kids, if they ever get to watch your baptism, if your kids get to be part of those moments with their dad. But there's also kids here that have dads that don't know Jesus. 
I know teenagers who've come through the youth group, dads that don't know Jesus. Their dad loves them, but doesn't know the love that we have from the Father. Oh, there's so many different things I could say. I want to urge you as a church to pray for our dads and love our dads. Support them. And dads, support each other. When you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to do, lean on each other. Dads tend to be islands. We try to do this on our own. We don't talk to one another. We don't ask for help. Our wives are a much better example at this. It seems like when anything is going wrong, they have five friends they reach out to very quickly. And us as guys, we just, we just quietly try to handle it ourselves. I'm telling you, there's so many dads in this church. Dads of young people, dads of married. There's grandpas in this church. Lean on each other. Support one another. Mentor one another. Disciple one another. One day our dad's coming home. One day we'll sit at the, at the wedding feast, the marriage supper, it says in Revelation, with our father. We'll see our father face to face, get to live life with our father. Our father gave up everything for us. That's staggering to me. Teach your kids to love Jesus. Teach your kids how much the father loves us. Be kind to your kids. Be compassionate to them. Show them great love. And spend the rest of your life pursuing the Father in heaven and his son Jesus. Live for him and love him. Let your kids see that example. Let it affect their heart and change their lives. The worship team is going to come on up. They're going to lead us in a closing song. And as they do, the song is going to draw you into praising the name of the Father, praising God. Think about different ways that you can draw that to your children and encourage the dads in our church. After they're done leading us through this song, we're going to have a prayer for the fathers in our church. And so I want to thank you as dads. Thank you for saying yes to my text messages to come up and share. But even to the other dads, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your selfless love. Thank you for your kindness and your compassion. Thank you for the discipline. Thank you for the things you've taught your kids and the way you've raised them. Thank you for being a good dad.